Oh, hey there, ladies and gentlemen. This is Let's Be Real. I'm your host, Nicole Eunice. Super glad to be with you this week. And are you getting into the swing of things? Is it feeling like fall where you live? How are you? How are you doing for real? This is a place where you are invited to be yourself. And I'm really excited for the conversation that we have ahead with my new friend, author of The Hard Good, Lisa Whittle. She is a fantastic podcast host and guest and just an all-around great person who I have the pleasure to know. And sometimes you just meet people and you're like, we are really... Wow. We came out of like the same zip code in whatever way that God does that and the way that he builds up uh, a woman or a man, we come from the same place. So I hope you guys are really going to enjoy that conversation. But I wanted to just take a minute to just intro where we are, where we're going. As you guys know, if you've been listening for a long time, Let's Be Real is all about healthy faith and healthy relationships. And that's what we're focused on. I'm bringing on people that I know and love that I really want to introduce you to. And I share lots of my own kind of coaching tips and tactics along the way. So we are in this little transitional period where we've got some big plans for 2022. And up leading up to that, I'm going to have my um, just friends come in. We're going to do an every other week podcast through the end of the year because we're over weekly at How to Study the Bible. So to give a little margin, a little bit of space, even though I really like this space, we, I, well, and when, let's be honest, y'all. When, when I say we, here's the thing. I love ideas and I love to activate ideas. Sometimes I forget to think them through. So I act like I can just do any, like everything that I'm choosing to do is in a vacuum as if they're not all interconnected, that my roles as a mother and a wife and a friend and a pastor, those are all interconnected. So a thing that might sound like a great idea in one of those roles may come at the detriment to another one of those roles. And so I have some great people around me who like to raise their hand and say, hey, slow slow down, hold the phone, my friend, make sure that you have some space for margin. So listening to that, we are holding off and doing our new kind of season uh, with Let's Be Real starting in January. So leading up until then, we're going to do these every other week guest interviews that I know you're going to really enjoy. So grab a friend, grab a cup of coffee. You might even need to grab a tissue. Um, And without further ado, here's my friend, Lisa Whittle. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Let's Be Real podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Yunus, and I believe we need all the help we can get when it comes to living a full and free life. Here you'll find honest truth, practical tips, and perspective changes that help you embrace the miracle that is your life. It's an in-process conversation that's going to be unfiltered, and it better be fun. Let's get real together. (laughs) Okay, welcome back, you guys, to Let's Be Real. You're joining a conversation that's midstream because I'm here with my friend, Lisa Whittle. She is my new friend, but she feels like my old friend. We're just like sisters in, in, I don't, I was going to (laughs) say... I was going to say sisters in cynicism, but that's not really. I was going to say sisters in insanity is actually <laughs> what I was going to say. So you actually were better than me. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I know. It's just part crazy, part cynical, but mostly, truly, guys, mostly, uh, really just both of us, I think, want to be authentic in our relationship with God and just helping those around us as yeah. we experience our hard things. And I am so glad that you've joined us on the show today, Lisa. Thanks for being here. It's fun. We have been already chatting. So I feel like this is the introduction after the (laughs) 10 minute conversation. 
Does that ever happen? Sometimes I start chatting with my guests and then I'm like, we should be recording this. Um, But it's not at all. It's always like about life and that's what we do. And we're just glad for you guys who are listening to come along with us. And not only is Lisa a friend, someone that I really look up to as a mentor in the business of publishing and the way that she shows up, you know, yourself, Lisa, the way you show up in all these spaces, but also I just love your work. I love your writing. And you've recently released a book called The Hard Good, which is obviously probably people are all like, "Mm, tell me about that title. (laughs) So I love, I love to hear the birth story of a book. So can you Mm. give us like the origin story behind this particular work? Cause you've written lots of books. You're an amazing podcast host. I'll tell you guys, this is all in the show notes. You can find Lisa after this, but um, yeah, what was the birth story for this book? Well, you know, in many ways, I think it's it's kind of been the whole process of my life. I think authors <laughs> say that, but it's really, really true in this case because so the moment of like, okay, this this needs to be a book was probably when my dad died in 2017. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I felt like the Lord was saying to me, What are you gonna do with what you know. And Mm. in my case, that was what I knew was watching this very complicated man who, by the way, also was a pastor. Mm -hmm. So there's a faith component here, you know, watching this man who was really the great love of my life for all these years, watching him wrestle. So he would go through hard things. He would go through hard things in his ministry. Mm-hmm. He would go through hard things in his life. He had a major public fall mm-hmm. uh, in this very large church publicly in our in our town that was all mm-hmm. over the news, just all kinds of things. Plus, he was just really complicated guy and moved us all over the United States. It was like I watched someone who, when things got really hard, run away mm-hmm. and um I watched someone who was very, very capable, but very complicated mm-hmm. and just didn't, who was super strong on the outside, but then also emotionally in many ways fragile, mm-hmm. which was such a juxtaposition because here's this like manly man, right? Mm-hmm. But he's like really fragile emotionally mm-hmm. in many ways. And I watched the whole thing and I observed the whole thing like kids do. Right. And I also was, you know, like a people watcher from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So I knew things were going on. Mm-hmm. Zip codes and moving around couldn't fix. I knew yeah. he was running from something inside mm-hmm. of himself. So that informed so much of my life. Also my own tendency which was to run away from Mm -hmm. hard things and the process that God could change me in and listening to other people who would just be like, I, I just don't want hard things to happen in my life, but also I want to have strength or also (laughs) I really want to have this great and powerful perspective that this person over here does. And instead of thinking that, oh, you know, we're kind of all have that same opportunity for growth. Mm -hmm. We, I would hear sort of this wistfulness of like, well, they're just kind of just have this, you know, superhero component that I don't mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, that's not what informs us. Yeah. And it was all of that, that really led me to say, I need to write this book. And honestly, the title, it just came to me, mm-hmm. the hard good. That's mm-hmm. what this is. Yeah. When you think about, I mean, you mentioned obviously, And of course, like this is not a therapy sesh, but I'm like, oh, that's so fascinating about how you knew who your dad was and then the way your personality developed and like your own tendencies. But you mentioned, you know, admitted like, yeah, for me too, like I don't want to deal with hard things. Like I'd rather run away. So why was it 
why was it this moment of all the previous moments that I'm sure God has invited you to? Why was it the moment with your dad's death that you think took you on that trajectory of like, I want to do this well. I think what you're saying is I want to show up for this grief and like what it has to teach me Mm. well, you know? Well, I'm all for a therapy sesh, by the way. <laughs> um, you know, one of my great hopes with this book was that people would actually maybe even take it to their counselor and process mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. because I'm not a counselor, but I have such respect for them. And I've visited counselors my whole life, <laughs> um, actually since my 20s, not my whole life, but um, I just believe in it. I think, Nicole, the thing that made me in that moment deal with it was because I had to Mm. in in some ways, you know, well, I say that and I also acknowledge that we actually don't have to deal with Mm -hmm. our grief, right? Yeah. Uh, I could have kept running from it. I could have kept walking away, but there's this, there was this place inside of me that knew innately that though my father was really used by God. Mm Mm-hmm. He also died with missed opportunity and Mm -hmm. potential that was unused. Mm -hmm. And I think when you walk around a a graveyard, not to be like morbid here, but, you know, and you spend some time Mm -hmm. there and you you experience picking out a casket Mm -hmm. and you experience like that. There's something that happens to your soul and it's someone that you, your whole life have feared this moment, right? Mm -hmm. This moment that the person that you love the very most, that you're the most connected to, that you feel the most understood by and that you Mm -hmm. understand the very most and they die, they Mm -hmm. leave. You realize that, you know, there's, there's a time. There's an appointment mm-hmm. and you think, do I want to also leave this earth with, with not maximizing the potential that God has yeah. created me with? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know because I'm not young, I know that when I run away and I keep running away from what God wants to do inside of me, that I just, um, push back the potential and I push back the opportunity and I just prolong that process. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, I, I, there was a, a question that I wrote in Jesus over everything. It was mostly for me. Uh, and then the readers could just read along, but it was <laughs> basically a question that God posed to me Mm-hmm. Uh, around the same time that was, Lisa, what if you don't know the good stuff in your life, all the stuff that you've been praying for, the stuff that you really want, the ways that I can really change you because you haven't sat with me through the uncomfortable process of transformation to get you there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing, you know, if, we, if mm. it's too hard, we numb it, we run from it, we do whatever, because it just doesn't feel good. Well, and that's yeah. what you do so well. I mean, it, I feel like, yeah, if I could, if I could like create a little bubble over the top of the hard good book, it would be like, here is the uncomfortable process of, you know, <laughs> Lisa's going to tell us about her uncomfortable process and pull out the nuggets of truth that actually are in almost everyone's uncomfortable process. And that's the beauty of the book is that 
for someone who, you know, of course, you guys want to know how this story continues with Lisa and her her dad's life and death. And that's where really what you tell in the story. But you also pull out all of these, um, I don't know, big, I, I remember Jennifer Dukesley was on um, last season and she talked about rocks that get uncovered when you're still. Mm. And it's like, you give us those rocks of like, hey, these are probably the things that you're going to uncover because <laughs> these are the yeah. things I uncovered. And um, I love that. I love to ask you like a few kind of particular questions about a couple of things that you, that really stood out to me when I read the book. And I felt like it was a book that you could revisit and be like, oh, now this, this part, like I feel this part now. But the first one that I was just, even this morning, gosh, as I was processing something challenging and feeling that like, you know, that feeling when you just are in your feels, you know, and you're not, you're trying to be logical, but your body and your, your heart are just in a different place. And you talk about this idea of shifting from what ifs to what is. Mm -hmm. And I'd love for you to just say a little bit more about that. I mean, you can use my life right now. Cause like what happens for me when I'm in my feels is something triggers something and I kind of know what it's about. And I'm like, okay, this is my like fear of rejection. This is my fear of disapproval. But then my mind goes to like all the things that aren't and all the ways that like life hasn't come together in this season the way I'd hoped. And I have just a really hard time getting off that train. And I just, I would love for you to counsel me on from your experience (laughs) of like those, because I'm like, what, you know, I'm asking those what ifs and I'm not in the what is. So walk me through that. Well, you know, this, this was easy for me to write about because this is, this is where I also live many times. And I think we all do. It's those stifling what ifs, you know, what if, what if I, what if I had done this or hadn't done this, Mm -hmm. made this one move, you know, what if they centered around other people? What if God, Mm -hmm. um, those are sort of the three areas that Mm -hmm. we land in. Right. And I think what has happened with me so many times is this constant sort of just, it's it's like this endless tornado of um, an, a question that can't be answered. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what if, well, it, it is kind of this nebulous question. It is kind of a bottomless pit question mm-hmm. and it, it really doesn't have an actual point in the end, mm-hmm. it, keep a, it keeps us in a cycle. So if you think about, you know, a tornado, you just think about just going round and round. That's mm-hmm. really what it is. Hamster wheel, whatever kind of, you know, endless deal you want. <laughs> whatever to, circular you, cycle you right, like to get Whatever into. circular <laughs> cycle you want to insert here. Um, you know, and I'm not saying it's easy to just drop the F and insert an S. It is a one, literal, a one letter shift yeah. from what if to what is. Mm-hmm. But it, it, I do think sometimes perspective shifts in a moment mm-hmm. where if we even have a have language for it to, to, to stop ourselves and say, I am in a cycle of what if in this moment and what is, what is true, what is happening, mm-hmm. what is, what is possible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there's a pragmatism about that. And I'm an admitted pragmatist, Mm -hmm. but I also can get very stuck. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why I talked about what you're referencing is in chapter one in the acceptance chapter. That's one of the reasons why I talked about acceptance right off the bat, Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of us 
we don't move forward in our life because of the lack of acceptance for whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. If it's a refusal to accept something as much as the death of someone, mm-hmm. or if it's something like, I will not accept myself mm-hmm. or I will not accept this circumstance mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. And um, it's really, really crucial. And it's yeah. crucial to understand that acceptance and preference are not the same. Mm. That for me was huge because uh, I don't want to, I don't want to concede that, mm-hmm. that, that this thing that I don't love, uh, you know, I don't want to say that I prefer it because I right. still don't prefer it, but acceptance is not that acceptance mm. is something different. And I think to put them in two different categories is very important. I think even using that as, you know, I was just thinking about my, you know, emotional spin cycle this morning. And even when I hear you with that counsel, I'm like, yeah. So one of the things that will send me into a spin and that's what, that's what dealing with hard, when you said um, in this moment, in this season of grief, which this relationship you have with grief now, you can sit in the uncomfortable and grow, or you can have a different relationship. I mean, you really can, you can, but but what you can't have is no grief. Like that's not, it's not actually a thing. So when I think about preference versus acceptance, that helps me so much because one of my, like I wrote about this in the struggle is real is using the idea of being perfect as a way to not get hurt. Mm -hmm. So therefore when I do get hurt, I actually shame myself. And even today, I mean, years later, after all the therapy and actually going to therapy school, as I just say, yeah. people, becoming a professional therapy person, I still have to do the thing. And the thing for me, if I'm using preference and acceptance, is I actually would prefer to be perfect. Like, I yes. would prefer to not make a mistake, like any mistakes in, in any relationships at any time. But I need yes. to accept that I am not perfect. I will make mistakes and I can apologize for them. And that, I mean, truly from this morning, that's where I was. It's like, I need to accept my limitation as a human being and like have compassion for that instead of like twerking up around like, I've got to be perfect. And if I'm not perfect, that's my problem. And I made this mess. Like it's ridiculous, but yes. It's really that, you know, for me, the, the, the thing that was the catalyst for me with this idea was the, the fact that for a long time, I kept, this was related to my body. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for a long time, I put this weird pressure on myself mm-hmm. that in order to ever come to peace with parts of my body that I didn't love. hmm that I had to fully get on board. Like, I don't know what it was. It was sort of like, I will, I'll tell you this. Okay. So it was even like people would post pictures on social media mm-hmm. in like, um, you know, body positivity of, you know, them in a bathing suit on the beach. Mm-hmm. And I would think, is that what I have to get to? Do I have to get mm-hmm. to the place where I want to post pictures of myself in a bathing suit on the beach? Cause I don't know that I'll ever get there. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's not because one, I just, you know, I just don't know if that's actually me. Like I don't know if I actually want to do that. And it, right. I don't know if it's because I'm embarrassed of the cellulite on my thighs. I just think it's not actually me to do that picture. Mm-hmm. So this for me, it it came to the point where I was like, am I putting this really ridiculous standard on myself? That before I come to a place of acceptance with mm-hmm. my thighs, for instance, since we're talking about thighs, um, that I 
I then that that I have to also say I prefer mm-hmm. the shape that they are rather than like this, you know, my best friend who has like these beautiful legs, these like ideal legs, if you're going to say that, like, I don't lose my eyesight. I don't, I can look at her legs and go, her legs are better than mine. Actually, if you're going to give it, you know, if you're going to look comparison wise, Mm -hmm. like she's got prettier legs, it's fine. And I think for me, I realized like I'm waiting on this weird thing of, of making myself say, I prefer my legs over you know, or, or I, or I, I'm fully on board with everything about my I mean, body I would use with- the word flaunt. I, I mean, and that's, and I'm not, and that is not a, in degradation to anyone who wants to post a body positive picture no. of themselves on social media. It's great. Yeah. To me, I'm like, there's just such a spectrum and we can swing, you know, this is the, this is the crazy thing about the, the human experience, right? You can swing from, I need to be 115 pounds and I'm going right. to like focus on that. And then, then there's this crazy pendulum swing that's like, I got to flaunt my body the way it is. And I'm like, where is the middle where we're like, yeah. I want to teach my children that it's okay to be you and to be strong. And I'm going to wear a bathing suit so that I can water ski, but right. and not keep myself, not do things, you know, in shame of myself. But I also don't have to post a picture on social media. And I, I'm glad you're bringing that up because, yeah, gosh, I don't know, Lisa. I, I feel like age trusting God, maybe sitting with some hard things. Part of one of those things that we learn is like trusting ourselves. Like, yeah. And, and I, I, I don't want this to, I, I didn't want this to become like a weird thing for, you know, where we're debating body stuff. You right. know what I mean? Like, I certainly hope women hear me. Like, I, I think it's great if you want to post a picture of yourself in a bathing suit. Right. I'm saying I felt the pressure mm-hmm. to feel like maybe that's what I have to get to. Yeah. Like, and if I'm not, if I don't do that, mm-hmm. and I've heard other women say this too, if I don't do that, is it because I'm not accepting my body? Right. And I think for me, and this is just by the way, one very small piece of acceptance that uh, that I've dealt with. There's plenty of others, but for me, I I learned to separate preference and acceptance and say, you don't have to, you know, expect something of yourself mm-hmm. and wait on this idea of saying I am fully on board. I pr- I prefer, and it's not also body neutrality. I love my body and I appreciate the fact that like God has given me this body and these legs have walked mm-hmm. me around m- uh, so mm-hmm. many places to mm-hmm. preach the gospel and whatever. But I also know that I accept, I accept that they're not perfect. Mm-hmm. They never will be. And, um, you know, it, people can put whatever languaging around this they want. I'm not trying to be, you know, socially acceptable here. I'm just literally saying for me, acceptance and preference was a very powerful distinction. I think it's huge. And you can take it in the, you know, the body image area where a lot of us struggle. Um, I also think about seasons of life. So singleness, um, young motherhood, a season where you might be home, a season where you might be taking care of your parents. There's something really empowering um, to me and honest, but also humble about saying, I don't prefer this season, but I do accept it. And I think that opens us up to wonder. And what I mean by wonder is I can have, I have an open-handed way now where God can speak into the season because I'm sitting in a place of surrender and honesty. I'm not, I'm not sitting in a fight with myself or with God, but I'm also not pretending that like, this is great. And this is, you know, and I just, I love that. It's so, it's so, it's so small and simple in a lot of ways, but so profound because it sticks with you. It's the what if or what is it's the 
preference yeah. versus acceptance. And this is what you get in the hard good is these little depth, you know, kind of deep wisdom pieces that you can just take with you, you know, forward. Um, so we are going to be out of time soon. So you guys could just pick up the book. But I want to talk about one more topic from the book today before we wrap up and maybe you can come back. Um, I want to ask you about the section in the book where you talk about entitlement and jealousy as some limitations that we experience. Can you just walk us through kind of how you got there and what you've learned through that process? Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. Um, you know, I, I realized that jealousy is kind of tied into that in many ways mm-hmm. when we're looking at someone else and they get what we want. And that's the chapter you're talking about is mm-hmm. how do you cheer for someone when they get what we want? And in so many ways and so many times, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've worked for something and, you know, in a job situation and they, yet they get the, 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 the job that we want. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we have longed for a child ourselves yeah. and then they get pregnant. Someone and you got to host their baby shower. I mean, these, are, these, these are, are the things, real things I talk about with clients. I mean, it's yeah. like yes. they say in the, in the sanctity of the, you know, of a safe space, like yeah. I want to be happy with for my sister, but I'm not like, exactly. I can't, yes. I, I'm older. I should be married first. You know, yes. it's that. And I, my heart just. Yeah, it yes. feels for that honesty and truth, but also how do we move from that? Because it yes. feels so real when we're in it. And I think in the faith community, honestly, it's 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 it hasn't been acceptable to to admit that in a mm. way. And 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 also we, we do want to know how to do it well because our, our hearts want to cheer for people. Right. But, but we also have the feelings that we feel and it is not wrong to, you know, want something. And I think that's, you know, it's mm-hmm. felt shameful, I think in a way. And so of course in the chapter, and we don't have time to talk through it, but you know, we, I talk through the process of that. I do think there's something that sometimes we miss that if you dig a little bit okay. deeper, this has to do with God. Mm-hmm. And so there and boy, this challenged me personally. So I'm telling you, I was like, oh, I don't want to face this. There are there's some place inside of us, I think, Nicole, that is like, God's been good to me, but I'd like for him to be just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a little bit of an entitlement on my terms. And it has to be, I don't need God to be better. I need God to be better on my terms terms, like on what yes. that means. Yes. It was interesting when my, when my kids were little, my husband used to say to me, cause I can, I can get a little bit bossy. And uh, my husband used to say to me, honey, you can tell me what to do or how to do it, but not both. And so <laughs> it was, I obviously was pressing him a little hard or something, but you know, it's funny cause it's, that's the way I do with God. It's like, yeah. okay, God, I, I want to tell you what to do, how to do it also on my timeline, FYI. Yes. So, but the reality is, is I do think there is this piece of like, do, if we would dig, Mm -hmm. do we in some way feel like that we are entitled to God's goodness Mm -hmm. on our terms? We we are entitled. Yes. Well, goodness in every sense, Mm -hmm. right? That we are entitled for God to bless us because we have bought into, and this is one reason why I tackle the idea of good, what is even good mm-hmm. in the intro, because we've bought into culture's idea yeah. of what good is, which is why we think we've done something wrong when we see that someone else has a good life that mm-hmm. we don't have, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it is this idea of like, I'm in, I'm entitled. I have been a good person. I have been, and I, you've probably heard this in your counseling yeah. office. I have done the right thing. I have pushed the right buttons. I have done A and B and yet yeah. I don't have, 
Mm-hmm. And so I think we have to look at, and, and I talk about it more in the book, this idea of like, we feel somewhat entitled with God. And the reason why it's important to look at this is because when we can get to what it really is, then we can, then we can get it out. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, I know you give a lot more sort of practical pieces to that. I think for me, even just that process, you know, you said, oh, you hear this in the counseling office. And in my mind, I was like, and I hear it in my journal. So like, you know, yeah. it's not just, it's not just in, you know, other people, but I think facing it, you know, I think that's a lot of what you talk about is facing it is a lot of the invitation of the hard goods. So love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for your wisdom that you've given today. And I know that this book is going to be just a huge blessing to you know anyone who's in a season where you're like, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I bargained for. I feel stuck. I kind of want to just like peace out, which is basically 99.9% of our whole world right now. <laughs> so yes. You have yes. a very large audience. All yes. right. I love to ask my guests. <laughs> I love to ask my guests one closing question. Um, so this is a light question, but it's like literally it's been very beneficial to me and many of our listeners, which is what is one product or person or like app that is just changing your life right now? Oh, see, I always, I always choke on these kinds of questions. <laughs> I know. I, I didn't even tell you. you. I didn't, didn't give you advance notice. Oh, no, I'm going to, I actually do have one though. See, that's um, why I don't let people tell me in advance because I want the I actual thing. I know. And this is really, really important to me. I actually have an app that I love. It's called Dwell. Okay. Um, it is a it is an audio Bible app. And um, I just think in this day and time, I know that's really on brand for a Bible teacher to say that, but <laughs> I will I'm just gonna tell you this. There is nothing like the word of God right now to get yep. into our minds and hearts and souls. And I would be remiss if I told you a great skincare product that would be awesome. You'd probably love me more for it. But I will tell you that in the end, what we need is the Bible in our bones. And so um, Dwell, it's a Dwell app and it is an audio Bible app and you can literally customize your reading plans. Okay. You can customize the voice that reads the Mm -hmm. Bible to you, which is fantastic because if you like accents, like with Siri, you can get that there. Um, The translation that you want. Mm. And also for what you're feeling, um, it also has... um, has like, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling whatever. You can also do that. So and you get like a compilation of you get, passages. Yes. You get all of that. So it's so a really cool. fantastic. Yeah. And I actually have a, um, a, a discount thing that you can use for it. So do we can, you, are you, you going to give it to me so we can put it in the notes? Yes. We'll put it awesome. In the notes. Cause I don't, I didn't know this. Like I'm like, oh, oh yes, this is yes. awesome. You know what I love about it? And this is, this is one of my favorite things. There are times in the morning and I love to still turn the pages of my Bible. So I yeah. love my Bible to like read, read, but there are times in the morning with my crazy schedule that honestly, if I'm putting on my makeup and stuff, I do not have the time to do that. Yeah. And so I need to, um, listen. That's so that exactly I what I was thinking. It in my, like, yeah. You can do that during your morning oh, routine. You're, get, you're like, getting ready to be so happy with me because you're going to love this. See, you are. You're changing my life right now. Lisa Whittle, everyone. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been amazing. Love it. You guys, all the things you need are in the show notes. And Lisa, you've really um, just, I mean, you've helped me today. So thank you. Aww. And I know that you'll help all of us who are listening as well. Thanks, friend. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Let's Be Real podcast. If you have a question for the show, you can send it to me at Nicole 
at NicoleEunis.com. And hey, if you're enjoying this, we'd love for you to like, subscribe, share it with your friends, pass it on, shout it from the rooftops, whatever you feel like doing, because the reality is let's get as many people getting real as possible. Talk to you soon.